0: Well, happy Mother's Day, uh, kid president. Those are good. Those are good. Oh man, this is good. I, I was thinking about last Mother's Day, and I happened to be in Haiti last Mother's Day, and I was speaking, and I was trying to explain that we do something in in the United States called Mother's Day, and that was a hard thing to even through the interpreter. The first time I said, I, I just want to ask the moms here to stand. And, and uh, he, he interpreted something. All the ladies stood, and I thought, no, I didn't quite get that right. And so we kind of worked through that. But it's it's an interesting thing that this is something. It's not only in the United States, but it's not in Haiti until last year. It just caught on last year, so that's a big deal. Uh, I, know, I know this is an exciting day. I'm, I'm a little nervous because uh, these we're going to do a mom's panel. I've always thought on Mother's Day... You know, we get a guy up to speak to moms, and, and I know it's scriptural and breaking forth the Word of God and this kind of stuff, but I always felt a little bit like moms are out there thinking, yeah, what does he really know? And you're you're exactly right. I, I, I have seen the job description. I don't even want it. And so, uh, and to see what you moms go through. But today, uh, I thought it would be good to have a panel of moms to come up and let Pam and I kind of do an interview here with these moms just to be able to speak forth to you, give you some fond remembrances of your mom. That's one thing we all have in common in this room. We all have a mom. So uh, maybe she's gone. Maybe you were even adopted and you didn't even know your real mom. And uh, But that's okay. God, God used that lady to bring you into this world. And uh, I love that, you know, even though the Scriptures call God Father, but when you read all the way back to the beginning, he had the qualities, all the qualities of of the female and the masculinity in him as God, the creator and incredible as we look at these characteristics of the father. And so uh I want to I want to uh, first of all, introduce these ladies and then. Then they're going to be sharing with you just some questions we have. I did send them the questions ahead of time, but I have no clue what their answers are going to be. So uh, that's always what makes it fun. You know, when I'm preaching, I can kind of control what happens, but not at this point. So this is good. Uh, but interesting thing about this panel, you'll, you'll find out pretty quick as I start introducing them. Uh, okay. First of all, uh, Pam Moorhead on the end. And I'll let you clap for all of them in just a second uh, as they talk. Pam Moorhead. Pam Hester, Pam Lee, now you're starting to get uh and and uh, get what's going on, and then Ray Ann Owen, so one of these things is not like the other, and you kind of figure it and then Pam is joining me to do the interview, so this is our our Pam panel with Ray and and myself uh as a part of this, but uh hey, would y'all just welcome these ladies uh, up here today? I hope you feel comfortable. We try to make it like a living room. Best we could. Bring your coffee. Yeah, feel feel comfortable. So you've got a mic uh, for you two, and you've got a mic for you two. And uh, we just want to keep this as laid back as we possibly can. And, and uh, there's no editing, so we're just going to gonna go for it. And so, um, Rand, let's kind of do this. Let's kind of go through the panel first of all. Give us a little bit of your mom background, um, the, the the number of kids, grandkids, that kind of thing, and, and uh, one of the things about the ladies on this panel that I, that I prayed through just about asking is that they would be moms whose kids are no longer in high school. We're going to be recognizing our high school seniors in the second service today, but, and a lot of times people think, if I get them through high school, I've accomplished something, but uh, you're always a mom, always a parent, so just kind of give us your mom background story a okay. little bit.
1: I have two children of my own. I have Chris, who is um, turning 30 this summer, and internationally teaches and gives me great street credibility as a teacher because I can say my son was just like that. Um, And then I have a daughter named Katie, who has two grand two of my grandchildren. And then I remarried recently, Roger Owen, and we have uh, he has two sons, two daughters, and five more grandchildren. So our quivers are full of grandchildren right now.
0: Yeah, and and Rand, real quick. You have played the role of single mom, Mm -hmm. widowed mom, Mm -hmm. and now blended mom. So you've played a lot of, wore a lot of hats in that area. Okay. I just, as people identify.
2: All right. Okay. Um, We have three. Yeah. Um, and then we also have twins, uh, Hannah and Laura, and they hey. are 23 years old. Okay. I think the mic isn't. Oh, oh. there. now the mic's working. We're going? we good? You think? Okay. Um, and I've been married to George for 31 plus years now, and so I, my role has just been as uh, a mother in a sort of conventional family. Yeah.
0: Had twins, though.
2: Had twins. Parents that was maybe multiple, a that little unconventional. A okay. All right. And one lives in India. Yes. And we Mexico. have a, one of the twins lives in India, and uh, Emily actually lives in Mexico, So, and then we have a yeah. daughter. One of the twins lives in okay. the Phoenix area. So. Okay. Very good. All right. Pam.
3: Okay. I'm married to Jeff, and we've been married for 38 years. And like Pam, we have three daughters. Um, we have Tiffany, who is 36. She has three boys, and then we have Abby, who is 34. Thank you. (laughs) Hey,
0: I didn't ask them to say your ages. I did not put that in the... Okay, go ahead.
3: And she also has two boys, and then we have Nikki, who is 31, and she has two girls and a boy. And um, so we have eight grandchildren. And uh they keep us pretty busy and okay. we all live within we're neighbors. Yeah. All of us.
0: So. They live in a compound. a yes. compound. Okay. That's
3: what
4: they call it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right.
4: We have I'm married to Jim and we have three kids also. Um, Molly, our oldest, is just got married this year and she is about to move to India, so um, I'm getting lots of wisdom from that Pam over there on that, but um, and then Jake, our son, is 21, and um, he's not married. But yesterday he got in his first official relationship, like girlfriend status. Oh, so yeah, okay. you can tell him I called him out. Oh, um, yeah. He's not here, but okay. he, yeah, um, so that's why I can do that. And then Maddie is here. she's um our nineteen year old and just finished her freshman year at baylor very good yes right and, and
0: pam through through your years as a mom, you've worked some and you've stayed at home some and you've kind of done it then it all
4: um I have worked yes, I worked full time until I had kids, and um then I transitioned into what many would do and try you know tried to balance um part time work and I have a I my degree and everything was in fitness, so I have a fitness business, and that's allowed me a lot of flexibility, um, which has been awesome, it's a huge blessing. But yes, I've okay. different stages. This one is to pay for college. So yeah, yeah. I'm
0: going to let you keep talking, and then we're going to move back okay. of course this way because you you bridged into these questions. I actually got some of these from moms, and so it's not from me; it's from mom, young moms asking questions. Here's the deal: you just bridged it. How in the world have you balanced family, work, uh not just kids, but husband, church work, all those kind of things. How do you even balance it?
4: Well, you definitely don't try to be perfect at it. <laughs> yeah. Cuz I don't think that exists. So, and it definitely I think every piece of it um comes with a little bit of guilt, which not that it should, just that we put on ourselves. Yeah. Um so It's hard not to want to be uh, with your kids if you're not, or at least for me it was. Um, But, like I said, I was really thankful for the flexibility in what I was able to do. And um, I think the big thing is just that when you're with your kids, you want to be really with your kids, be present. Or even as they get older, I think one thing I noticed, they really don't want to be with you. But you still just, or maybe they do sometimes, but you still just want to be present. So I think for me, um, any opportunity I had to be present in the home, um, I wanted to make the most of that opportunity.
0: Yeah. Pam, Hester, just go ahead. Balance, how, how did you work with Balance with husband and his career and children and grandparenting, all that kind of stuff?
3: Oh goodness, not so great. Well, and, and you know, <laughs> let me
0: just say this: these ladies, these ladies, would be the first to say they're not perfect, and that's that's oh, what yeah. I think is vital to know. Okay. Oh yeah.
3: So we had our own business, and my husband worked long hours, and when we had the kids, um, I was working full time for a couple of years, and oh boy, that was. Uh, my job would demand a lot of hours and so kids weren't getting attention husband definitely we didn't spend a lot of time together either so I became a stay-at-home mom and trusting God definitely to provide us um, for with what we needed and um, that that was really wonderful um, and for a period of time I just I was with them of course I think the one that suffered here was probably my husband because it it's it's hard, I mean, and uh, not that he isn't a priority, but um, it's it, it it it's it's a tough job. Being mom is a tough job. Yeah. Um, yeah. um, you know, and then as years went on, I when I needed a job, um, the girls were in school. I'd get a job at school. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. And that
3: kind of helped, but um, definitely you have to, you know, you sort of just have to have your priorities, and then. And you stick to those. And there's other things that are just going to have to wait. And a lot of times that was in my house. Um, and my oh, husband, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my ha And it still waits. Yeah. <laughs> All
2: right. Pam? Well, we, uh, we home. Okay, Okay. Though. now it's working, I think. Okay. Uh, we homeschooled our daughters, and so we didn't lack for um, not only quantity time, but uh, hopefully we had some quality time. So I think our daughters always knew that um, they were one of our top priorities. So I think for me as a homeschool mom, um, and then for you guys that just have little ones at home still, um, I would encourage you guys to, to schedule time with your husband. So for us, uh, it was such a blessing that my mom and dad actually lived in, in town, and they were always almost begging to keep our children. So, um, so we were more than happy to let the girls go over there often, and they spent the night over there with mom and dad. And so that gave George and I a lot of time—not um, a lot of time—but it gave us focused time together. And so, if you don't have the blessing of parents in town, um, I would seek out maybe some people that want to be pseudo grandparents to your to your kids. Um, I mean, there's I'm there's lots of older couples in this church um and in fact i'll even volunteer if you you and your husband need some time to to go on a date call me up i'll i'll come over and keep your kids for you so there
0: you go uh, but i
2: think you know you just need to prioritize um pockets of time for your husband too. put
0: uh, pam's n- number on the screen okay
1: george did not volunteer for that but I did, so. <laughs> all
0: right Ryan, how did you balance
1: well, I think um, I think I had the perfect profession as a mother. Um, I was always a teacher, um, and so I had days that my children had. I had summers off, um, and I usually taught where they were. I was here at the academy for, for years and years while they were growing up, and so I got to spend that time with them. But I think I'm like oh, Sam <laughs> um, in that I, I really was very uh, intentional about creating a village around me um, because I didn't have a lot of family in the area. Um, I, I've been church since, gosh, for about 20-something years, I guess now. Um, and so I raised my kids here, and so we we depend on the youth and Alan. And thank you. And I can't. I mean, I just think it's amazing that we are in a place where it's the same youth director that's raised our kids and could end up raising our grandchildren. Um, so stay in good health. Um, and, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and you know, and this this church is also just a beautiful blend. Of um, every age, you know the older couples, and we have multiple generations. there are some families here that have four generations at the church um, who helped. Um, I also kept up with my high school friends for from all these years and and in a stroke of of beautiful blessing, my best friend from high school son is married to my daughter, so that was easy um, <laughs> but it 's just keeping those people in your life and making sure, especially the little little mommies, young mommies, that you take time for your friends. Um, so that you're renewed and you're refreshed as well.
4: Yeah. That's good. Okay, this was a fun question. What is something that you endured when your children were smaller? I'm thinking smaller and at home, maybe in high school and at home,
1: <laughs> but that you miss now? Okay. Sure. Okay. Well, I, I, when I was looking at that, I thought mine is going to be totally different from anybody else's up here. Yeah, you want to trade? Yeah. Okay. Is going to be totally different from anybody else's up here. Um, we my children and I when they were early elementary, went through a period of time um where life just kind of fell apart um and we ended up my my two children young children and I at the texas baptist children's home in the family cottage program um and what had happened was we just lost everything we had or we put it in storage or Um, you know, did what we could, but we lived there, and the surprise about that wonderful place is that was one of the happiest periods of our lives, you know. um, That was a lesson that we still talk about all the time and how grateful we are, that there really is um, a time that you can lose everything you have in life, and God is enough. Um, And I don't think I could ever trade for that lesson in my life or in my children's lives. Um, There are a lot of fears that we never had to deal with because we knew the reality of when God sits down to nothing, he is still enough. And I'm just forever grateful for that.
2: Yeah. Well, I was uh, trying to think through this. Um, I think probably the thing that I endured was cooking. I'm just not – that's just not (laughs) something I enjoy to do. So, and there probably was a period of time when I said, you know, uh, it's time to eat dinner and they'd all go run, jump in the minivan. So, um, but anyway, so, but, but I treasured um, the time around the table that we had when, when they were there, once I got the food on the table and, you know, I'd give anything in the world now to have every chair at the table full again Yeah. and cook those meals. Yeah.
4: You can come to our
3: house,
2: <laughs>
3: it's always full. <laughs> um I think when I was thinking of this question, um, what did I endure uh, that that I miss now, and um, I was thinking, well, we had the craziest schedule uh while the girls were growing up because they were always doing and going. I don't miss it though. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing that I, the, the only other thing I could really think of was um, when they were little. And again, I said my husband had a business of his own, so we've gone a lot. And we lived out in the country uh, at that time. It was really out there, and it was just the girls and I. And sometimes those days would seem so long, and um, you know I would get lonely for um, for an adult companionship sometimes. But I would love to have those days back where. I got to be there with my three girls. They were just so precious and so much fun and that was a really wonderful time that that God gave us to we we grew up together as such yeah. a young mom. So good way of looking at so. it.
4: Well, we moved to Houston, um, when Molly was one and we lived there thirteen years. So we had um the other two were born there, so that was their all the uh young stages of life. And our kids uh we all they all went to private Christian school and if you've ever lived in Houston, you know it takes about an hour to go two miles. So um we were in the car a lot and what I feel like I endured was carpool, um, going to and from school, going to and from swim lessons, all those things, you know, that we were in the car so much and um I don't miss the way I did it. <laughs> Because I did not make the most of that time, and I wish that I would have. Um, looking back, that's a time you have with your kids, if you have any young moms. It is a hard time because you are stressed going to all those activities. And I always was trying to find people to carpool with. I kind of wish I would have just taken my own kids. <laughs> Sorry to get emotional. Mm-hmm. Taken my own kids, spent that time, invested in it, and, you know, I missed it.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's just continue on. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah.
4: Pam Hester, I'm going to start with you so Pam, you can end this question. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. I know. I know. It's kind of Mm -hmm. stressful. Okay. Pam Hester, what did you do to instill uh, spiritual values in your kid's life? Okay. So
3: while I was that young mom staying at home, I have to say – I prayed for my children. I, I had the Ten Commandments in their rooms and lived, tried to live the example, but I got to tell you, we didn't read the Bible. I got, I, I took them to church, but not regularly. I um, eventually got them into a little Christian preschool, but again, I let those teachers kind of, kind of do the teaching. But as they got older and as I got older and we started to grow and God was just wooing us to him, um, we started learning together. I would learn something and I would implement it and we would get together and we would talk. And, you know, we would, we would discuss God's truths and, and uh, you know, learn to implement quiet time. We didn't do it together. Not far, far from perfect Um but despite my shortcomings god is so good all, all three all three of the girls just love love the lord and they've given me these sweet little this is where god knows the desires of your heart because what i really wish is that i could go back and do it again and and i could do what i do with my eight grandkids i could i could tell them about god's truth and how wonderful he is and sing Bible verses to them and pray Bible verses over them and share stories from the Bible with them. And um not only do I get to do that with them, but God has allowed me to do that with some of your children. And I'm just so very thankful that we, we get a second chance to try to do it right and help others yeah. do it and
0: thank you, Pam for what you do in our preschool area. I appreciate that. Oh, well, I'm
2: grateful. It's my privilege to be
0: able to. Yeah.
2: Well, I think in addition to the obvious things about praying with your children and um, reading the Bible with them and those kinds of things, I think one thing George and I tried to instill in our girls was the sort of the, uh, just a a pillar, a foundational pillar that um, they didn't belong to us, they were gods. And so... um, Yes, we held them tightly in our hearts, but I would encourage you to also hold your children loosely in your hands uh, because they are gods. And I think if they learn that from an early age, too, it just opens up their whole way of thinking. Um, And that sort of leads into my second point. Another thing that really I think was uh, foundational for our girls was that we took them on a lot of mission trips starting when they were very young. Well, not very young, but like middle school on up um and they went with Alan on trips the, the twins did um and i think that opened up their whole perspective um on life uh and on god and on um it just helped them form uh, their own idea about the importance of the great commission and the and the great commandment and um so i think those were foundational things that we did with our girls that helped um develop them spiritually And um, I will say, too, though, if you sort of um, teach them to live that way, then they might end up in Mexico and India. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But that's okay. They're not mine. They're God's. Yeah. And and they're where he wants them, serving him and carrying out the Great Commission uh, in other parts of the world. So.
1: I think I have to echo that about they you tell them you can grow up and you can be anything and they do they go away so you might say round rock it is a good mission field and yeah. you need to stay here Maybe they'll stick around. Um, I always found, like just like the car, like Pam was saying, where we spent a lot of time when my kids were little, it seemed like we were always in the bathroom together. You know, you're taking baths, you're brushing teeth, you're, you're well, you're doing whatever. But um, I had a verse in there from um, Deuteronomy 6-7 that was up there the whole time they were growing up. And it's the verse that talks about, you know, that you talk about God while you're sitting down and standing up and walking along the road and write it on the doorpost of your hearts and put it on your foreheads and... Um, so that that's what we always try to do was just include God in everything that we did and just a lesson. I know, you know, if we'd pass an ambulance, and it would have its lights going, we'd pray for those people that they would make it in time. Um, and one of the things that really blessed me recently is when the kids were little, and, you know, when you're young and your family doesn't have very much money, is we would um, hold up the money when we were going to go buy something with the little guys. And, and we'd say, God, we just need a miracle of the fish and the loaves with this money, that it will cover everything that we need. And my daughter told me recently that she does that with her children, mm-hmm. um, that those things that we pass along, um That'll be generational, and so that's the importance of what we say—is how how long it goes on.
0: That's good. Okay, yeah,
1: I okay. okay. So um, Jim and I both
4: grew up; uh, our both have um, fathers who are pastors. Um, so we had both grown up with like some family devotions that um, we found to be rather stale, actually, in our home. So we both just decided kind of to. Just do what some of the other ladies had said, and just be really intentional in little ways. Um, and not that we didn't ever do family devotions, but we just didn't do them regularly. We did regular night time before bed with each child. We were intentional about that time, and then we just tried to have conversations through the day. We did did what Rianne said also. You know, like if you pass someone while you're driving, you know, to pray for them, it's whatever. Just different things where we could. Um, let them know that God was a part of our whole life um that's pretty much the way we and then of course they had a plenty of opportunities to be in church and <laughs> yeah. so you know we but lots of spiritual conversations
0: yeah and Pam taking it to the next level we kind of communicated this week um and and all of you ladies know this we know this just because you instill it doesn't mean it's all going to turn out that way
4: yeah so. So, you know, sometimes um like we this is the, probably the sweetest season right now in our lives of all of our children really um following Jesus and um we are so incredibly thankful. Um but that hasn't always been the case um and our son that we just talked about um he he took about 4 or 5 years of really uh chasing after other things and um difficult season for us at home it was hard um we lots of you know disagreements um when he left to go to college um maddie asked us one time you know she was like do do y'all miss him and i was like um yeah we miss him you know and she said our house is a lot more calm right now you know i feel like it's y'all are a lot more peaceful everything's happier and you know it was totally true you know so we missed him because he was our son and we loved him but you know um but anyway so you know through that time we just we relied a lot on prayer in our home group from friends you know um and just you know just going to god and what can you do and you just you just there's there's seasons to endure and we're thankful that um like a few months ago actually, probably two, he um he's taken a break from college, he's moved back into our home and God just really got a hold of him and it's been a super sweet time of redemption and grace and he's been out of town for three weeks and we actually really miss him. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it's it's good. But it's you know, just when you're going through those times, yeah. you know, really rely on your community um here at church yeah. to help and I think
0: what Pam hit was a good good thing is that they are gods yes as hard exactly. as that is and in our culture worships our children mm-hmm. and what happens is is that that child does something that's out of kilter with the family your family falls apart instead yeah. of thinking god you can even use this in a redemptive way in my kid's life
4: yeah we and, do have to remember it's their story not our story because yeah. what we want for them is is you know god's going to use all those hard times in yeah. their lives yeah so yeah.
0: All right. You want me to go on? Okay. So I might yeah. uh, a quick quick one and we'll answer this as quick as we can, even though this is a pretty deep question. In the day of social media, that most of us did not grow up in that, now it's in our face. One of the big things that moms deal with is mom guilt. It didn't start with social media. It's dealt with it's gone on forever. How did you deal with mom guilt? You know? Uh, and, and I look at Facebook. You know, everybody does the perfect vacations. Their kids are perfect. They never do anything wrong. That's the facade. Behind it, it's falling apart, but you never know it. How did you deal with mom guilt, Rayanne?
1: Well, I, I just wanted to talk to real quickly about what our social media was. Is we had telephones that were bolted to the wall <laughs> that had a long cord, and your child knew exactly how far they could go when you were on that phone. Yeah. And you were standing there giving them the, the waving finger to stop. Um I think, you know, it's just that you have to turn it around um, and stop looking at yourself and start looking to how you can help other people. Um, I will have to say I love social media today because it gives me a look into people's lives. Like, Elaine Ponder, your kids are darling. And um, it just it just gives, you know, a chance to, to just love and pray for them. And the same with, with Mandy Keeter. I've known her since second grade. She was in second grade. And so, you know, just a time for encouraging. Um, I always had encouraging people around me that, that pointed out that's not what it is. We are all in the same boat here, and so let's try to get together. And it's just seeking out those people and surrounding yourself with people who have that same view, you know, of how we should be as moms, I think.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say something very similar to what Rayanne said. Um, you know, I I looked back at when I was a, a young mom, and um, I was just surrounded by, by people that shared the same values that I did. And um, it wasn't a keeping up with the Jones crowd. It was more surviving with the Smiths crowd, yeah, you know. Yeah. And and so I would encourage you all to just surround yourselves with people that um, are like-minded, that um, that you would be just as happy for them to, to – Say something to your kid, as, as you your, yourself would say to them. Um, and that, that just helps a lot. And certainly you can unfriend people that are not good influences in that area for you. You can choose not to go on playdates with those people or um, or that sort of thing. So so you have control here. You know, you don't have to fall into that rut of feeling like you have to keep up with the Joneses. Surround yourself with people that that don't live life that way. Yeah.
3: I don't know uh, much more that I could add to that. I agree totally with that, to surround yourself with um, people that encourage you and love on you, and also to remember, um, so if you do, you know, you see somebody and you're thinking, oh, boy, I just really, you know, um, God has a will, a plan for your family, for your kids, and, you know, it's not the same as everybody else's. So um, just focusing on that and what is best, best for you and best for them and which again is be around people that encourage you and build
4: you up and love on you and you can do the same for them
2: yeah
4: well my favorite non-biblical quote is um comparison is the thief of joy so i just try to remember I, I tell that to my kids a lot and tell you know and tell it to myself a lot of i struggled a lot with comparison issues so yeah. um i think there's so much in the bible about where our mind should go and so, you know, just keeping those things, of what we want to think on, I think helps us.
0: I yeah. Help yeah, comparison is a killer. And uh, I think that many many fall into that trap. It didn't start with social media. Social media just enhances it a little bit more. And you start comparing, and, uh, and it's just not reality. It's not reality. I, I, I know our time's going up. Rayanne, I want you to address one issue, if you don't mind. And I'm sorry to put you on the spot like this. You've lived through a marriage that failed. And you, you're left as a single mom. What could you say to somebody here, uh, maybe who either has a husband that's not walking with the Lord, or has finds themselves in a in a in that situation as a mom, all of a sudden?
1: Well, I I think what you've got to do is you have got to lock eyes with Jesus, and you really do have to come to a point of realizing that you've confessed everything you could confess. You've done everything that you can do and that God's going to have to be the one that carries you through. And there is such freedom. I always remember thinking it was like breaking through a glass sliding glass door. When you get to the other side of that um, and, and the destruction is behind you, the freedom of knowing that God is totally in charge of that is like nothing you'll ever experience. Yeah. And it's and it's worth pressing through. Um, I think that there are times on earth that God wants to say to us, well done, good and faithful servant you know for for what we stand in and what we walk through um and that's not just going to be in heaven it's on this earth that god wants to be saying that to us
0: yeah thank you for saying that i know and the other thing that was said earlier by all of you is that uh, uh hope and pray that the church body has to surround you there has to be more than just you doing what you're doing you need other people to encourage you and walk with you through those those moments hey would y'all just bless these moms thank them for